Hi, this is David, back with Slugcast, brought to you by the Division of Student Affairs and Success. For the past few years, Malaya Simon Reynolds, a fifth-year history PhD student, has been spearheading one of the premier projects within the humanities at UCSC. This project represents an important shift in the humanities, one that is focused on creating public-facing projects that build relationships within communities that are often left out of the historical narrative. You might have heard my previous episode with Rebecca Hernandez, the new community archivist here on campus. Malaya's and Rebecca's work highlights UCSC's commitment to the shift in the field. I, feel like if they had I was able to sit down with Malaya in her home here in Santa Cruz. The whole, yeah. the whole year. Thank you again for sitting down with me. Of course. And could you tell me a little bit about how you got here to UCSC? I was a first at community college, um, Saddleback College in SoCal. That's one of the bigger community colleges. Eventually I transferred to UCI where I was a history major uh, and a art history minor for two years. I guess at UCI, it was more of like a general history education. There was no concentrations that we had to do. In undergrad, I took a, a class, a particularly like impactful class as far as like what I'm doing now, which was a class about the US-Mexico border. The, the final project for the class was about talking to, interviewing, kind of in an informal way, someone who was an immigrant. Basically, anybody. It didn't have to be someone who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, and we did this project. It was kind of three parts. There was an informal interview. Um, there was a process of, like, asking the person who you interviewed if you could look at their like personal photographs or like collection of items that narrate their immigration experience. And then there was like an essay. And so after that class was over, the professor who taught it um, asked a couple of students to do an independent study with her where we put on um, an exhibit where we um, digitized and kind of collected some items about migration, like the ones that we had collected in the class, and put together an exhibit, was mostly photographs and other kinds of objects like clothing or other heirloom type things, put it together to like showcase how these objects can tell you something. Now, before we start to talk about Watsonville's in the heart, can you kind of give us a background about the city of Watsonville and the history of the area? Well, Watsonville is a place with a really rich and diverse history. I think the thing that stands out most about Watsonville is that it's, it's a place with lots of layers of migrant and farm worker experiences um, from so many different communities who have come to the to the region. Um, it's not just the city of Watsonville, it's the entire Pajaro Valley region, which kind of surrounds Watsonville. This is an area that's particularly agriculturally fertile, so a lot of things grow there. It's a really productive place, and it has been for a really long time. During the Great Depression, there were also a lot of migrants coming from Eastern Europe, 
Mexico, Asia, all these people kind of converging in the Central Coast region to work in farm labor. And um, so it's really rich. Um, there's a lot of interracial, interethnic relationships and interaction that happened. Um, and the Filipino community is just like one of the many um, communities that worked and settled in Watsonville in the Paro Valley. There happens to be a lot of movement among these kind of different communities to start documenting the history more broadly. So can you tell us a little bit about what exactly Watsonville in the Heart is? Really, Watsonville is in the Heart has had a lot of momentum since the partnership with UCSC formed. Um, a lot of folks at the university are interested in supporting us financially, but also with like expertise and other kinds of resources. So it's grown really fast since since 2020. It's, all, it's only 2023 now. I'm sure with this kind of work, it's difficult to think about, you know, if there's one particular most fulfilling part of working with Watsonville is in the heart. It's, it's all really fulfilling. It's, it's definitely the most meaningful work I've ever done. I think the most fulfilling part is that we get to work so closely with a lot of different community members. Um, so one of the primary things that I do for Watsonville is in the heart is that I direct the digital archive. Um, and what that entails is collecting objects to be digitized. And we do this in a couple of ways. The first way is that we hold these community archive drives, is what we call them. We'll have like a little event where we ask people to come out and bring some photographs or other objects that they want to be digitized and so they can be included on the archive. And during those events, we'll get to hang out and like talk to people, we'll have food. Um, we scan the objects and during the process of scanning, we also engage the contributor to um, co-create co the archival description and other information about their collection with us. So we'll ask them about like the stories and information they have about each object so we can use that to create a description for the website. Um, so that's really cool because we get to hear stories about like every single photograph or every single object, um, which is really great. Um, we also, and I think this might be like my favorite experiences in Watsonville is in the heart. We also do this kind of collecting where we go to people's houses and we'll do um, this digitizing. This is usually happens when folks have a particularly large collection of items that they want to be included in the archive. So we'll go to their house and kind of make a whole day of it. We usually just hang out at the kitchen table, um, set up the scanning equipment, and we'll just chat and like hang out and scan stuff, usually for like five hours. Um, it's really generous of these contributors to open up their home to us. We usually have lunch, and these conversations are very intimate, and we de definitely get to 
know folks really well through this process because a lot of times we end up going multiple times to their house because it takes a while to scan and collect the information. For example, there's one contributor, her name's Juanita Sulai Wilson, um, who we have probably gone to her house maybe like, like six or seven times now over the past two years. She just has like the, this really huge collection of photographs and historical documents that she wants to be preserved. So we've been to her house so many times um, and we just know her like really well now and it's always a super fun time. Um, and it and it really, it's very important to the folks we work with to see their objects being made accessible to the wider public because they want their experiences to be known. They want scholars, future scholars, to be able to use them for research or educators to be able to use them to teach the history. And so when they see that that's happening, I think that's really, really the most meaningful. There are a lot of other things I could say too, but I think that's the biggest thing. And you mentioned the digital archive that you have now. Are there any other upcoming projects that people can look forward to seeing? Yeah. Um, so the digital archive is available now. We're still adding to it. We have over 900 objects on the archive now. This includes photographs, oral history interviews, and other um, documents. We're still adding. We're still doing oral histories, so people can look forward to seeing more stuff on the archive. Um, but there are a couple of two things that are coming up that are really what we're working towards right now. The first is that we're working towards um, creating um, educational resources um, that align with California State Ethnic Studies and History and Social Science teaching standards so that teachers can use the archive and um, refer to the oral histories in their classes. So we're working on that. We have partnership with um, Paro Valley Unified School District. So we're working with students and teachers to hear what they need from us to make a set of like really usable um, resources. So we're working on that. That um, should be coming to fruition in the summer of 2023, um, continuing to 2024. Um, the other big, huge thing that's coming up is that we are raising a um, art and history archive at the Santa Cruz Museum of Art and History um, that is about the Filipino-American experience in the Pajaro Valley. Um, this this um, ex exhibition is many years in the making now, but it's going to be up at the mall from April 2024 to August 2024. And during that time, there's gonna be a variety of public programming. We'll have scholarly talks, um, family and community days, um, other kinds of events that go alongside the exhibit. Um, but the exhibit itself is something we're all really excited about because it's going to include um, 
objects from the archive, but it also is going to include um, artworks by um, a few different Bay Area artists, um, some new commissioned works and um, that are inspired by the archive and um, the experiences of uh, Filipino Americans in the Paro Valley. There are a lot of opportunities for students to get involved to work with Watsonville's in the heart, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right now we have, or over the past couple years, we've um, had the pleasure of working with um, undergraduates on Watsonville's in the heart. Um, we are always open to having folks come join our team. Um, right now we have a cohort of interns working on oral history collection. Um, one of the things we're really lucky to have is um, financial support from the Humanities Institute to fund our undergraduate researchers. So our team is made up of folks who have received THI's undergraduate public fellowship. Um, we had also a cohort of undergrads funded by THI's public fellowship last year as well. Um, so that's something that kind of comes up yearly that undergrads can apply for to work with our project. However, there are also other opportunities that come up on a quarterly basis where we can find um, funding to pay interns to work on different parts of the Watson Villas in the Heart project, whether it be helping um, collect or maintain the digital archive website, collecting oral histories, um, helping with the planning um, and execution of the exhibition, or working on curriculum development, other things like that. So if anybody would like to be involved, and this could be graduate students or undergrads, they can feel free to contact me or um, the Watson Villas in the Heart Project email. Again, I want to give a special thank you to Malaya, a friend and colleague of mine, for sitting down today with Slugcast. I'll leave you with some final thoughts from Malaya about the kind of work she's been doing and what it means to her. Santa Cruz County has really, really rich and diverse histories that are not often kind of talked about in the mainstream. So this could be the Filipino-American experience or other um, community histories. Um, and that it's really well, well worthwhile to take the time to learn or get involved or fund this kind of um, community history so um, we can all learn more about what the histories of Santa Cruz County are, especially the histories of South Santa Cruz County, so Watsonville and the Paro Valley area.